you tired to clean your floors after playtime? Forgot to vacuum before your friends bring their little ones over? Let Eufy X10 Pro Omni help. Powerful 8,000 PA suction removes debris, and Mop Master dual mop pads scrub away stubborn stains with ease. Save time and keep your floors cleaner. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Hello and welcome to Streets Ahead, your podcast dedicated to all things cycling, walking and wheeling in the UK and beyond. I'm Adam Tranter. I'm not. I'm Ned Bolting. You read that wrong. I'm yeah. uh, I'm Adam Tranter. Or Laura Laker. And you are? Laura Laker. Very or Adam good. Tranter or Ned Bolting. <laughs> that was actually my third attempt to get the introduction right. I'm in a slight state of disarray, as I'm sure all of us are. But before we get to the meat of this emergency pod, that's what we're going to call it. What have you been up to? I haven't seen you for a while since we sat in this room last, last time. time. Yeah. Yeah. You've been um, ill? Yeah, basically for a month. I got COVID, then I got tonsillitis. And um, yeah, I've been not really cycling. But one nice thing I did do yeah. was I went to Somerset and I saw the opening of a new bike route. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it's about, um, I want to say a mile, maybe slightly less. A, mi- um, a in, mile? In, yeah, in Somerset, in Shepton Mallet. And I helped to build part of a stone wall back in September. It's the guy who founded Sostrand still does these kind of work camps where like volunteers go along and um, build bits of things and dig things, dig up tree stumps and stuff. And there was another little bit in Shepton Mallet under a bridge, saving people from walking along a dangerous road, including lots of kids. So it's really quite nice, actually. It's nice to see some good news because that was the day that the budget happened. Mm. Not the budget, but the announcement about HS2 and cycling cuts. But yeah, so that was was quite a nice little positive (laughs) And you got stuck on a train. I got stuck on a train for an hour. Me and Andy you Cox. You tweeted. Yeah, Andy Cox stuck was stuck on, on another train going in the other direction. Not even <laughs> the same train. It wasn't oh, the same train. Okay but it was Andy, funny because but... there was a woman. We had some really good banter on the train. There were two ladies from New Zealand traveling around, older ladies from New Zealand traveling around the UK and Europe. There was a mother and son going into town for a concert. And there was a lady behind them whose daughter was on the train that got hit by an overhead wire that came down in the wind. Ooh. So she oh, was that super windy day. Yeah, she yeah. was giving us the lowdown, and the, dr- the driver of the train didn't seem to know what was going on, other than there was a power outage. Yeah. But the train got damaged. Then they were all being assessed for a track walk, and then they had to walk basically from the broken down train to along the track to Ealing and leave their luggage behind. So oh. it was quite dramatic. Yeah, wow. we were stuck there for we were two hours late. We we're only about eight miles from London when it happened. Could so. Have walked. Yeah. Probably could have walked, yeah. yeah. Mm. Get on your e-bike. Yeah, I didn't have it with yeah. me. Big pink mm. e-bike. Down the Oxford Road. Yeah. I used to do that journey. Along the um, ballast? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I didn't do it on the <laughs> on the train tracks, but you can get on the Oxford Road. Uh, and it's which, quite wh- which road? Oxford Road. Oxford I used to live in Ealing. Road. used to go in okay. central London. It's quite a hairy road, actually. Oh, um, I've just, spent, I've just spent, done a, com- a week of commuting up and down the Oxford Road. Yeah. Have you? It's like, it's Paranese. Like Paranese commentary. Yeah, yeah, we use Ealing Fini- Finishes in Acton this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Paranese. It's been diverted to Fire. East Acton. Yeah, it's a terrifying road, really. Yeah. You know, it's got the kind of like the most, the world's most ill thought out and uh, protected cycle lane. Oh, I didn't even have a cycle lane when I was... Well, it's, yeah. got, it's got a bunch of wands that are uh, okay. interrupted every 50 oh. yards by opportunities for white vans just to park. Uh, oh, lovely. You know, so that it's kind of, you're constantly moving out into the road, moving back in for 20 yards and back out again, and then Shepherd's Bush is a nightmare. And, you mm. know. and also the weather. I get a bit fed up with winter. I was just saying yeah. to you, Adam, it's just, today's quite cold again, even though it's sunny. I did four days filming as well for a, a documentary I'm making with Jack Thurston. Oh, yeah. Wow. 
yeah. from Lost, uh, Lost, Lost Lanes, Lanes yeah. which I thoroughly recommend. The, the series of beautifully produced books in which he oh, Jack, Jack scours the English countryside yeah. for, and, and he's going to do one on Scotland soon for sort of literally Lost Lanes, you know, beautiful little mm. backwater roads that you can cycle and you ne- won't see another car. Anyway, I did four days filming in the North Pennines with Jack at the end of February for this documentary and the idea was we just poodle around and look at things and chat on a bike you know I have never been so cold oh my oh, word no. can you imagine being outside for four days in a row and then the final day we rode up the highest paved road in England I think wow great done in great jeans fa- by yeah. the looks of your photos and it was started that I was just an absolute sleet and then snow blizzard oh, at the top word. and I don't think my core temperature has recovered anyway that's me what have you been up to um not loads, really. I've um, I've been swimming. Um, oh. oh, do you normally yeah. swim? Not loads, uh, but I um, I take my kids and I started to partake in a little bit of it myself. Have you mastered butterfly yet? No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm hopping doggy paddle and brushstroke, and mainly been dealing uh, with the collateral. Yeah, sort of moaning about active travel funding, which is mightily disappointed. It feels like everything's a fight for every square inch or every pound, and given how universally I know that, you know, some politicians will think that active travel isn't popular, but the crux of it is when you speak to people, actually people want this kind of stuff. And actually, even if they didn't want it, the arguments for it are really sensible to integrate into people's lives, like health, for example, and obviously rejuvenate high streets and not even to mention like decarbonisation, mm-hmm. etc. So it feels it doesn't really actually on the face of it seem to make any sense. Mm. All right, well, that's the theme of this um, emergency pod, which asks the question, this time we're wondering, where is the money? Is it down the back of the sofa? Laura's written this script, it's rather good. Has someone left it on a bus? Or has it been taken by someone from the roads department? A pre-budget announcement on HS2 last week also revealed a £380 million cut to cycling and walking funding. It's a lot of money. This represents a two-thirds reduction of funding in England and leaves just £100 million for active travel in the current financial year. Adam, give us some context. So initially, this was a huge sounding, and indeed genuinely a huge sum of money that was announced by Rishi Sunak when he was, initially, mm. when he was the Chancellor of the Exchequer in mm. 2021. And it was over 700 million that was promised yeah. over the course of... Yeah, so you've heard, you'll heard phrases like the £2 billion for cycling and walking, and that really stuck with people announced by Boris Johnson. What that means is, you know, it gets split into kind of chunks that actually to to most people won't mean anything but obviously the treasury go through budgetary announcements and effectively when Rishi Sunak was chancellor he approved 710 million pounds for active travel at that point that he announced it it would be over the kind of rest of the spending period which was three years since that time has gone the government has spent so far, £200 million on Active Travel Fund 4, which is currently being assessed by Active Travel England, so it's sort of just gone in. That was actually quite late. I understand that it was approved by previous Secretary of States, but because of the changes in government subsequently, and then again, led to it needing to kind of be reapproved. So that only just came out. So, so that money's been spent? That money has been allocated. allocated, yeah, 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 and, okay. and is due to be spent before the end of the financial year, which is, which clarify, is the end of this month. So just to clarify my mind, you know, that, that announcement was made in 21. We're now in 23. How much of the money 
Never mind allocated. How much has actually been spent? What's being spent effectively in 2023 is money that the first part That's of the, the money that was announced batch. in 2021. So you've got the right. two years. You have to, I haven't got my uh, calculator with me, but um, you've got effectively two years left of the spending period. £200 million has already been committed. Mm-hmm. £30 million has already been committed and transferred to local authorities for what's called capability funding. So that's revenue funding, which helps local authorities train staff, hire people, etc., to deliver the kind of good quality schemes that you'd expect, which then leaves effectively fought by at least £480 million that was due to be spent over two years. And the, the figure that the government announced at the bottom of the footnote of this ministerial statement, effectively a government press release, if you like, was fifty million pounds a year, so a shortfall of you know if you take four hundred eighty million that's left, the hundred million they said they'll spend that leaves a gap of three hundred and eighty million pounds for you know no apparent reason other than they're tightening the purse strings. But active travel's known to be something you can deliver very quickly. It's known to be something that has a good return on investment. Typically, for every one pound you spend, you get about five pound fifty back when you look at all the schemes. In context, and so, that's a minimum, isn't it? Because it can be up to thirty-two pounds yeah, for every one pound spent. Range is that, yeah, yeah. And you said this in your letter with Andy Street, and it's interesting because when you look at the return on investment for roads, it's between one, as in you get your money back, just and five pounds. So the upper range mm. for roads investment is the kind of lower range for cycling investment. And, yeah, and and of course, as the former chief scientist for the Department for Transport did a study, he now works at UCL and showed that basically the business case that was accepted and proved to widen the M25 was based on reducing congestion by widening the road. Now, we know that when you do that, it basically makes it better for a bit, then more people use it, and then it becomes either the same or worse than before. So you can never build your way out of congestion. And his research effectively shows that there's always this optimism bias when you plan these things, you might say, we're going to put £1 in and get £3 back. And that's going to be our one to three ratio. And actually, by the time you've finished, it's more like one to one. That's on a good day. Is that misapprehension partly because of the phenomenon you just outlined? I mean, we're slightly off topic here, so I'll bring it back. But that there is, once you do widen the road, it doesn't immediately fill. So, you know, there is a there is a period of time in which it appears to have worked. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then that, it gets worse. What, and then it gets worse. Yeah. So that might sort of explain this constant sort of like slight of mind that thinks to that seems to suggest do more of the same madness and yeah it is it is a, it's not, something not as straightforward as, as all of that maybe if you look at it like as an outsider and like looking into it you can kind of see how it happens but also we've sort of known about the phenomenon for about a hundred years yeah. at least <laughs> yeah, like i'm not yeah. i'm not a historian but i know that people looked into when induced demand, as it's called, was first written about, and it, it's a century kind of thing. So mm. we kind of keep doing the same thing over and over mm. again and expecting mm. a different result. I wonder if it's partly a function of just, um, I don't know, politicians having an idea that, not really being experts in, in things and um, having a kind of idea that, oh, in the past we've, those, we've built roads, in the past we've built roads and that's been other people's answer to economic problems and so that's just what we do. And I heard someone use the expression reading the, future from the past rather than mm. thinking differently and in the short term as well there is not an advocate of road building but people who are an advocate of road building would like with other major infrastructure projects point to the amount of jobs the amount of interest and regeneration <laughs> that it that it brings into an area mm. 
but it's the kind of things that kind of you know i'm not saying we don't want but effectively you build a new relief road and then then a, com- a freight company decides to open their head offices there and that's good mm. news but then in five years time that then becomes bad news because of the level of congestion and the fact that you've got trucks going they don't want to use the bypass anymore because it's a bit busy so they go through the town center and then you've got people neither using the bypass nor the town center is meant to bypass so uh, short-term gain basically mm. a dopamine hit of Mm. of doing so but that that also suggests that road building is short term and it's not we know from lots of things like the stonehenge tunnel thing on all these projects that they take sometimes decades to bring to fruition if they ever come to fruition Mm. and extraordinary amounts of money as well yeah totally and it could just never happen you know you might spend you know you might spend 50 million pounds in legal battles and building the groundworks and stuff to never be able to build a single bit of tarmac that interestingly brings me back to a question i was going to ask you when you outlined the when i asked you about what money has been spent so far since 2021 you said that the 30 million what was the phrase you used in the the the, 200 million has been committed and 30 million pound has been spent i should say that is within the active travel fund mm. which is managed by the government's new executive agency active travel england which Boardman. people have heard of yes Boardman. Boardman, which you would have heard, heard quite interest. a lot <laughs> not lot, the only one there lot, i'm sure lot about however the government would say and i would actually back them on this however disappointed i am is that the government has spent considerable funds on active travel via other funds so right, leveling right. up bids you might have heard of like the leveling up department that's michael gove's department mm apparently something like a quarter of bids i think i saw it in a a response from jesse norman on something a quarter of those bids have included active travel in the west midlands we've got the city region sustainable transport settlement so it's not a fund managed back to travel england it's Mm. not just for Mm. active Mm. travel it's for Mm. buses and all sorts Mm. you know we estimate about a quarter of that will go into schemes so funding is is making its way into active travel initiatives via other means yeah the government would tell you uh, as they did today actually in the house of commons when it was raised as an urgent question that they're spending around three billion pounds on on active Mm. travel over the course of of parliament that means that places like the west midlands based at manchester do probably quite well through devolution which again is a positive thing Active travel has always been a postcode lottery, and now it will even be more so because areas in shire counties and and smaller cities and places that are kind of just you know been given funding for a couple of years now to lift their capacity up to be able to deliver better things. That's like staffing. And yeah, things. exactly. But they, now they need capital to go and build the stuff that they've kind of designed yeah. and that, well, there won't be any of it there won't be enough point, of it that was exactly what I was going to ask you so you've, they've spent this 30 million what did you, you use the phrase like enabling fund, or capability, capability funding, funding and capacity funding, funding they so, call okay, it okay which I understand now thinking about it so you're going to get this wave of money you need to spend it and use it judiciously but yes. you need to put people and systems in place mm. in order to do that in anticipation and ahead of that funding arriving yes yeah, but if that pot, if that pot of money is suddenly a quarter of what you're anticipating. Have you then wasted a load of money by putting in far too much capacity and too many people? I think some people might say that. I wouldn't mm. say there's probably too many people, but you would say that actually are you getting the most return on investment for the revenue funding you provided to councils to lift their quality up if they've got no way to demonstrate that quality? They've got nothing to build, basically. That therefore means the the return on investment for the... The early part of the funding is less good because you never put into practice what you learn. 
And also, um, having lots of little pots is good for large authorities that have the capacity to bid for the money mm. to put bids together because it's quite a lengthy process. And I guess the ones that have had capability funding and have these staff in place or help from Active Travel England are going to be okay with bids. But it does it, that kind of further widens the gap, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think there's a, there's a whole discussion on the kind of bidding culture that has actually, to be fair, been in lots of different governments of lots of different colours but yeah totally and it takes up a lot of resource and that's been really disappointing for people so there is a concern I wouldn't say it'd be totally it would be silly of me to say it'd be totally wasted Mm. the money because of course you know let's say a highways officer who isn't building active travel schemes but has been on a training course to do with LTN 120 or something like that when cycle design standards yeah Yeah. sorry yes thank you sorry (laughs) I'm going into jargon mode you generally you know, you might get a housing application through and you might look at it and say, oh, actually, that shouldn't have a shared use path. That should have a dedicated cycleway. Or mm-hmm. have you thought of filtering the side street there? For, yeah, uh, yeah. So there will be a benefit, but not the to the level we of... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And also, they've now got... It's We're not in a bad as bad a place as we have been in the past because there's a lot of local cycling walking infrastructure plans in place and so councils will know which routes they need to build first and which they need to prioritize and so when funding does come back around i guess at least there'll be plans in their back pocket so to speak that they can pull out because that's what successful boroughs in london like Mm. Wilson forest have done in the past they've always kept sort of designing these different schemes and then whenever bits of money come along they can kind of deliver Mm. yeah i think elsie whips as as (laughs) i just like to acronize everything (laughs) elsie whips as they're called uh, Why are they called LC Whips? Because Local it's easier than Loking. and walking investment plan, infrastructure, infrastructure plans. plans yeah. Oh, yeah, I can see why you call them LC Whips. Yeah. Um, <laughs> whips. Um, but uh, they, so catchy. they are quite helpful, yes, because they, they prioritise and you assume, and the government have said that funding when, you know, they hope to reassess this as, as soon as possible kind of thing. Yeah, um, along with a lot of roads projects, to be fair. A lot of road stuff has been kicked down the road mm, and also a bit of, bits of eight, quite significant stuff, yeah. bits of H that's too, yeah. There's a difference between, yeah, kicking the can down the road slightly in Just terms like of... Pulling and, the rug out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, I don't think it would be fair to say that active travel has been a kind of... I guess that's the whole thing, like, program, getting too nerdy. This is about programming. So things like roads and rail have like a five-year programming and that means that they can hire people for a long period of time etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm. and it quite um, often goes across two kind of governments exactly over a, over an election so you period, can kind of like yeah. plan really long term with what you want to achieve whereas with active travel it's kind of always so far been year to year mm. so when you want to cut stuff it's like well we can't cut the roads budget by much because it's too big to fail because all the money is committed with suppliers and supply chain Mm. whereas direct to travel you think well they delivered last year so there's nothing for next year so we could just can it couldn't we yeah that's why we really need long-term funding settlements for active travel that was what we were supposed to get that was what was said by previous governments we would get a three-year settlement active travel fund three four and five effectively (laughs) uh four five and six actually and that's so not it's, it's a kind of victim of its granular nature that mm. it's all lots and little lots of relatively little lots and lots of little little fixes rather mm. than yeah mm. yeah well, maybe you just need to maybe you just need to think about it differently and just you know design a massive active travel infrastructure project like a bounce way 
This is um, from Manchester yeah. to you know London and kind of, or yeah. something like that. You know, on stilts. Mm. It's kind mm. of what my books about. I mean, one of the things <laughs> that um, when what happened when the National Cycle Network was first conceived as an idea. One thing about it was that it's something big that people can get behind. It's mm. not just little bits and bobs. Mm. It's this national piece of infrastructure of national significance. And and then it sort of, I don't know, it kind of raises the profile of something mm. and also raises the ambition. And once it becomes a sort of nationwide mm. thing, everyone wants to get behind it. Do you think it's achieved that? No. Without spiking your... No. The, the, no, good, <laughs> no. okay. There's no ambiguity. But I don't think anyone I, I would think believe it has. Yeah. yeah, it I is. I really do. It is, yeah, because that's how it was conceived. But then yeah. it's it's just never been... Yeah, it, it, yeah. It's, I mean, not not how it was conceived. It was how it was delivered initially because yeah. that's, yeah. that's, there was limited funds available. But yeah. I felt like that could have potentially happened. I don't think it will happen. With the HS2 cycle, cycle way. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly, um, yeah. But I... <coughs> Sorry, the what? The, HS2 cycleway. Ooh, yeah. What, there's a cycle path alongside there the train There was going track? to be. It was such an exciting idea. So um, HS2 is actually building more roads than it is rail because it has to do all these hall roads, little um, roads for all of the vehicles that are building the railway. And so once they're there, they're kind of, they're kind of there and they could potentially be a cycle route. And there's also lots of different bridleways and stuff along the route. And there's going to be a lot of severance of communities and so there was this idea to create a cycleway that kind of wiggled didn't kind of go alongside it like a straight motorway sort mm. of thing but sort of in a quality way joined up bits of routes and hallways and went over bridges properly with like proper infrastructure but then and this is what this is a point I was going to come to actually HS2 which is government-owned company decided that there wasn't enough money to do the cycling and this is what's happened now with the um, latest HS2 announcement and the money that's been taken from cycling as part of that but it also happens on a kind of local level that like with housing estates there was quite an interesting uh, report uh, was it last year or the year before about housing developments and how they say oh we're going to build all these great cycle routes it's going to be such a an active travel neighborhood and then they get near the end of the project and like oh sorry guys that was nice to have we can't have it because we don't have enough money anymore so sorry mm-hmm. uh, but yeah that's this is what happens like time and time again yeah. because it's just seen as like a nice to have but the hs2 cycleway was such an exciting thing i mean i became kind of it was like a thing you of mine the story didn't you yeah yeah, um, yeah, I did. Yeah, it's such a great idea, like yeah. a wonderful thing. And all these communities that are getting no benefit from the HS2 line because mm. there's hardly any stations. They're yeah. just getting a great big um, severance yeah. I live along Long, the way. And, and a HS2 cycleway would go some would way so to, good. to getting yeah. people on board with something that largely they, you know, I think is a good thing from an infrastructure point of view, but largely people mm. near where I live do not like it. Yeah, um, yeah, and, it's not uh, that popular, is it? <laughs> in yeah, a lot of places. Um, you know, I think just, I think there's an opportunity yeah. there, but you'd think that those big projects are the kind of thing that people could get behind, but it doesn't mm. look like that's going to happen yeah. either. I think the thing that people should, as well as being in a kind of, if you're in a community that doesn't necessarily get served by HST but is disrupted by it, you would be annoyed. Another group of a lot, very large group of people that I think will be annoyed and should be annoyed if they're not is. Almost everyone who doesn't live in a combined authority area mm. or in London, yeah, because I don't want to get into like devolution nerdery. Uh, or you use do, any more, but you're stopping. You're holding yourself back. Or use any more acronyms. <laughs> but in London, which is the sort of most devolved part of England, most mature, they have had government support, but are kind of building a budget that is self-sustaining going forward. They think that they can spend i was talking to will norman about this 
they are planning on spending 150 million pounds a year on 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 active travel. It's a lot it's of money. Great. That's like what money. the rest of the country gets for the rest of the financial year, right? After well, this cut. Yeah, it was exactly. It kind so of puts so it my into thing, my but... thing is, is if you're not in London, mm. basically the whole of England has now 50 million pounds per year. And London, it's on its own, has 150 million pounds. Leveling up for you, right there. Yeah, classic leveling up, isn't it? More good leveling up. Mm. If you live in a combined authority area, you, you know some of them. We certainly in the West Midlands have something called the City Regional Sustainable Transport Settlement, or CRSTS, <laughs> uh, and that gives you kind of funding that you can not spend quite as you wish yet. But you, it was basically designed around bus and active travel. So when the governments say they're spending three billion pounds on active travel, those kind of funds come into it. So I'd say in the West Midlands, while we are naturally, it doesn't make any sense to cut this active travel budget. If you're in the West Midlands, we have enough funding, certainly in the short term, to carry on with what we're doing. But we need that long term certainty. Yeah. Mm. And for many people who aren't, who if you live in like I don't know Hertfordshire or. Or, most, or almost the, anywhere, country, yeah, 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 yeah. You you will have the scraps. It's so three share. billion. That includes bus upgrading, bus networks. Does it? Or, no, no, no. The no. three billion pounds is accurate for active right. travel. Okay, yeah, right. I think it seems like central government's not really doing a great job on um, active travel investment. Wales, some quite good stuff. Mm. They had their not building any more roads unless they increase walking and cycling. Mm announcement recently which is really exciting they were going to build a big road between Newport and Cardiff and decided it was going to be too much money it was going to blow their environmental budget so to speak and they're doing a network of bus and rail and active travel corridor instead which is kind of amazing we've got city regions like yours and Manchester How's that gone down politically in Wales do you know Um, we should talk about this in a separate episode episode. yeah Yeah, because it's really interesting what they're doing it is yeah yeah, I think but I think they've been really you know not everyone kind of understands it it's been Mm. we've done the same thing for so long we're still doing the same thing in England but I think they've been very honest about the challenges and I think I don't know when you listen to Lee Waters for example speaking about it he's very honest it's you know it's then it's not they're going to build no more roads but um Mm. it's kind of goes back to this thing of like do you keep doing what you've always Mm. done and expect different results or do you sort of hit it head on and say like hasn't worked and Mm. that's what Wales have Mm. said like it hasn't worked why would we do it again unless there's a very specific case with a new town or something something like that. And Scotland are talking quite big on active travel as well. I'm not sure the delivery is quite patchy. Yeah, the, the amount of money that some of the devolved nations are now talking about spending on active travel. I think Scotland's is, got is something like 10% of their transport yeah. budget or something. Yeah, exactly. I amazing. Glasgow um, are going great guns. They're just um they're just opening a new bridge, massive bridge yeah, over the that. M8, that's the like Sight Hill bridge. bridge. That's great. It's incredible. They're doing some great stuff mm. in this back in the summer. I was going on about that 13 million bridge in Stockingfield in mm. in the northwest of the city. They're also hosting the um, UCI World yes, Championship. Yes, they are. Yeah. With my, that will bring us tourism and yeah, stuff. Yeah, they're doing yeah. some great and, stuff and, and they're always so, advertising you know, UCI. This is tangential because, no, it's not really our brief, but it'll interest people. I don't think people have quite realised what these cycling world championships are because mm. it's the first time that all the disciplines of cycling are coming together at the same yeah. time. Oh, really? I yeah, didn't yeah, realise. Yeah. So, so the mountain biking, the track, World right, Championship got and all the road are yeah. all happening in Glasgow in the same two weeks Fantastic. or ten days or something like that. Yeah. And um, oh. it'd be great. Yeah, it'd be really big. Didn't yeah. quite realise it was everything. I knew it was yeah. road. Yeah, it's oh. an experiment. So great. Scotland are have pledged to spend. Um, obviously, proof will be in the pudding, but pledged to spend to be spending fifty eight pounds per head. 
which is a whopping uh, amount of money. Whopping, that's twice pretty much what the Dutch spend now, although mm. the Dutch are more in a kind of incremental growth. Mm. Wales. Yeah, they've done uh, quite a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Fair w- amount. Wales, uh, just under 20 quid. And in England, outside of the city areas, one pound and six pence. Ooh. Wow. What wow. do you get for that? Nothing. One pound. Sad face bike on the road. Parking. Little sad face painted Little for you. Parking. Some yeah, stickers were, saying were... cyclists stay awesome. Yeah. <laughs> the road CC stickers. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's stark, isn't it? Really it's really the, sad. It's really sad. What was the Scottish figure again? Um, 58 the pounds. The Scottish figure is 58 pounds, yeah. And Ireland, wow. to their credit, is spending 58 euros per Percentage. person as well. Wow. So, I think of all the stats hell. that we've shared between the three of us, that's one of the most startling I've ever heard. Mm. Rural England, one pound and sixpence. Yeah. And rural England, the transport is so poor. I mean, I grew up in rural England, and it's like the buses are terrible. I used to hitchhike mm. everywhere. It's so it's dangerous. Not even, I say I should clarify: city regions doesn't even mean mm. all cities, because mm. obviously you have to have a. De- so more and more cities are getting devolved governments, mm. but there are plenty of quite big cities who aren't in a kind of combined authority. Mm set up i'm just trying to think like like let's take a city like exeter or somewhere that most people would pick up on aren't in those combined authority areas and they you know but still have a quite a strong requirement for and there's lots and lots and lots of places like that there's lots of places there's like places that. Mm. Yeah. yeah any fact, any town majority of the population live in places like that yeah. I, would, I would i would sort yeah. of like suggest yeah off yeah the top of my head with no evidence whatsoever to back it up no but, but it sounds about I'm right trying to think, i'm just thinking of britain in my head yeah i'm just like pointing yeah came up with exeter but um, exeter's a great example Yes, yeah, quite yeah. hilly Exeter as well. Yeah, actually, yeah, um, got, Exeter have got quite high modal shares. They have, yeah, they have. Did you? So going back to this, you know, we, we're here to talk about this, you know, this announcement that was smuggled mm. in to some extent, and you know, and picked up on by you. You appeared in excellent form on the BBC World at One as well. I thought you were very good on that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, good explainer. From a professional broadcaster. Well, it's very. You were very calm and sang. You know, you do mm. all those things extremely well and um, lowered the temperature, rather raised the temperature, and just mm. got your message out there. Did you see it coming in the active travel community? Did you have your feeling this might be around the corner? Yeah, I mean, there's a... Ever since I've kind of been doing this job as commissioner just over a year now, for the first part of it was under Boris Johnson's prime minister, which is obviously well documented that he was massively supportive of this agenda. Yeah, But ever since his leadership became a little bit sketchy, let's say, and then subsequent you know, it has been a fight, basically. So, you know, when Lids Truss was Prime Minister at, I was at the Conservative Party conference, and there was talks then of the active travel budget being cut, lots of sort of behind-the-scenes supportive Conservative MPs, you know, making the case for this kind of stuff, etc., which was helpful, and, and ultimately things moved on, let's say. So it's always been a fight, but I guess more recently... The Active Travel Fund for announcement took a long time to come out. It's sort of way overdue in mm. government terms. And there's, there's a few sort of sticky things that are like not easy, like mm. pavement parking and a few things like that, that. There's consultations out from the government that are years overdue. They've not been put to bed because actually this stuff's a bit difficult and no one really wants to take it on. My worry is that we're going into an election cycle not too distant future and people generally kind of try and move towards broader more 
wouldn't say populist in a kind of negative way, but more kind of appealing policies that things on childcare, things that, that get most of England motivated. Mm. And I think you know, active travel isn't one of those things. It's one of those things that's inherently the right thing to do and is supported by most people, but sort of quietly supported by most people. Mm. There's and a lot I, of pressing issues at the moment, yeah, obviously, aren't there? Totally. And there is, and people understand that there are, and I understand that there are economic issues it's just the business case is so good for this mm. stuff that it doesn't case, make sense yeah. yeah it doesn't make sense to cut it so i i guess the mood music has obviously been less exciting and less loud since boris johnson departed i worry going to an election that stuff to appease the kind of voting public i loathe to call them motorists because not everyone drives that's sort of part of the problem of why these decisions get made but you know, filling in potholes and things like that will become way more of a, a topic than <laughs> than it will be, which Laura mentioned before this chat sort of said, mm. oh, potholes. And the potholes are actually electorally quite popular because yeah. everyone hates potholes. Everyone hates potholes and they're very dangerous to cycling as well. They almost kicked off between Adam and Well, we we had a little fight. strong, strong disagreement. We are very, very good friends. But we did. This is, I think, the first time I've ever really disagreed with you. And I don't know. I don't know if I don't know what to do. I don't know if I do disagree with you wholly. It's not like polar opposites. But just just to get it on get it on record, Laura, you said that potholes obviously affect fixing potholes is good for cyclists. Cycling, and I think if that's what ends up happening you know, because that's the kind of policy gets rolled out before an election, the government will say, oh, no, we are supporting cyclists. Mm. We, there's know, a lot of we cut journeys happen on, because, on roads. There's not that many cyclists. Because we, we're fixing the potholes. Mm. Now, there's a couple of things that, I guess, concern me. One is that, not my area of expertise, but I think the calculation from people like the REC of the backlog to potholes is in the billions. Enormous. 200 million won't cut yeah, it. Yeah, it's long um, So it's kind of one of those policies that kind of like sounds good, but everyone's disappointed. And secondly, it's kind of a bit disingenuous because the government have this target to hit a certain amount of trips for cycling and walking. And when you ask people why they don't cycle, people say, oh, potholes. No, they don't. They say, ah, trucks and cars and sharing the road with them. So we know we need infrastructure. So I worry that people will generally say, oh, but they're spending money on things like that. That's good for cyclists. And... I mean, it's not cycling right. investment, is it? And it's not it's not dedicated they're to cycling. They're not wrong, yeah. but it's not going to hit any of the targets. And no. it's a little bit disingenuous, I think. So that's mm. why if but I don't used, disagree. I hate potholes. Yeah. So. If it's I mean if you if it's used as a kind of proof that or if it's included in cycle spend, then it is disingenuous. But and if it's an either or situation, and that's obviously not ideal. But this is the kind of situation that it's boiled down to there's so little available that anything yeah. that's there, it's you, everyone's kind of fighting Scratching over it. Yeah. To get, get hold of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it will play into that. I think this isn't a party politics thing either. I think all political parties going to an election will sure. will be talking sort of about all road users, mm. you know, kind of like we all need to share the road mm. and all of these things. So yeah, like pothole funds that field. works for everybody. Oh, that works for everyone. How can you be against that? We'll probably go and check quite a bit because it makes sense to most of Middle England, but it won't help us hit 50% of journeys to be walked or cycled no, by 2030. It won't. Mm. It won't. Um, mm. Another thing that came out that we might as well mention is that the kind of uh, ratings of local authorities yes. by Active Travel England. So, yeah, it was quite interesting. 
yeah it's quite, a, quite a nice like starting point i think i mean it's yeah i guess it shows how far we've got to go it's quite interesting it's like a naught to four naught well. to four rating naught mm. is very sad four is very good no one got a four i think four people got a zero Four people got a four people for local authorities. Where were Worcester? <laughs> Worcestershire zero. Oh, there we go. Sadly, we need to do our, we to do our follow-up. With, with so, Worcester, yeah, for, yeah. For the reason of your friend, but yeah. also the councillor Mike Rouse, who's a cabinet member. Yes, um, I, I talked to him at Conservative Party conference and. Yep. Is quite keen to do stuff. Well, and, let's do and, and yeah. Also, yeah. Worcester, more. Yeah. Worcester. I don't yeah, think I've ever been to Worcester. Worcester. Well, there we go. Yeah, yeah. For, and and four got uh, three, which is uh, the highest. Uh, wasn't it five? Got three. One, two, three. Well, give him a pat on the okay, back. Okay, so got, Greater Manchester five? Combined Authority. I've got on my list Leicester, the city. Yeah. Leicester Sheer got zero. Oh. Uh, West Midlands Combined Authority got a three. Ooh. <laughs> and like West Yorkshire yeah, CA and Nottingham got a, got a three and Nottingham as well. okay my mistake I had a little spreadsheet oh, but Nottingham. I might have mm. yeah. we went to Nottingham didn't we, we went did. on the old track Nottingham yeah. are doing some good stuff as we know yeah that yeah. was probably that one nice of their criteria has streets ahead been there to yeah. protect their infrastructure <laughs> yeah maybe yes. once we go and inspect shine a light I'm going so to Leicester be... next week as well actually for, for a great. conference I, yeah. I haven't cycled in Leicester so I'm looking forward to it so, so yeah interesting yeah. tactic because tactic, yes. normally it's kind of un, it's, yeah it's sort of a little bit like that but I think it is more it, it definitely feels to me anyway more supportive than that because yeah. you need to have a there's this kind of like thing that all councils are created equal and mm. actually some are really good at this stuff and some aren't so good at this and you have i think ratings for other things like social care and child services and things like that obviously for potentially more urgent reasons but you know knowing whether a lo- and actually the really the important thing i think which is interesting is is whether you if you have someone that's got like a low tier like let's say a tier one or even a tier zero doesn't necessarily mean you won't get any funding no it just means that the kind of things you can bid for things like are, school streets yeah. are quite good for but for councils and, and if you're like tier that one, you can mm. do that and that still requires a certain amount of political will doesn't mm. it and it still requires a certain amount of technical expertise but it's totally manageable yeah what they're you, really effective obviously as we know yeah totally well yeah and they're not universally popular but they're pretty pretty it's popular. hard to argue and, and you get to um a point where you don't want your tier one authorities bidding for high complex eight kilometer cycleways mm, because they won't, the, be, they won't be able it. to potentially do it so from a return on investment for government it's a really smart thing yeah. to do and it's a good benchmark and it's an incentive to try and do do i think there were a couple of people people councils <laughs> that are put out by their rating mm. etc i guess it's um, embarrassing if you get a zero or one but then it gives you somewhere to start from and aim to aim yeah for. i'd say a lot of britain is sort of one yeah. you know in active travel Just terms like is, no one it? thinks mm. it's Oh, Britain's really good at this stuff. No one, we have no, got no pockets one. <laughs> of, of, and even even ourselves, you know, West Midlands, one of the top rated authorities, very proud of that. But we're the very start of this journey, mm. so it's really important. Birmingham to just pulled out a lane, didn't they? A little pop up lane. They did. I noticed on the news. You did. You yeah. Saw the news. Yeah. Adam's looking deeply uncomfortable. He is point. looking well, uncomfortable. Just, uh, that was that was last week's thing, and it's an, it's annoying, and 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 it's, there was a pop up lane, and then they resurfaced the road, and they decided not to put the little ones back, and yeah. the, there were a number of people cycling in on this route who can no longer cycle on mm. what is quite a busy road by the looks of it. Yeah, and this is the kind of thing that will affect active travelling and ratings, mm. so it does make me sort of slightly uncomfortable. It's mm. it's obviously the wrong thing to do, and it's an example of 
the policy not matching the doing of highway authorities. But yeah, ultimately, you have, I think people spurred on encouraged to do to do more because they well up until now they had the opportunity to bid for more funding mm. and now the pot is smaller it's so. been naughty so yeah. all right well i'm off to um commentate on a bike race at the weekend called um. milan san remo oh uh, lovely yeah. Yeah. and i'm gonna i've been there the last sort of four or five years in a row and i'm going to experience the joys of riding down one of the most amazing cycle tracks in all of Europe. <gasps> Where's that? It's the old railway line. Ah. It was replaced by a, a high-speed railway line inland, and, but they um, they just tarmacked it instead. What's it called? I don't know what it's called, but it runs at least... I've ridden from, um, pretty sure, from San Remo down to Imperio on the Ligurian coast, all the way along the coast. Are you going to Milan? Like, it doesn't no. have start him. It doesn't yeah, start Yeah, but him. I don't go. I just go to the finish. Uh, I'm okay. going to San Remo. Because Milan's doing quite a bit as well. It would have been interesting. Yeah. yeah. Just setting you off on a little yeah, job. Yeah, you yeah. could have <laughs> done a bit about Milan and then gone down the cycle path and given us a little audio clip and that we could have created a new episode. That, out, but... that would have been nice. But um, yeah, if I get a chance to do okay. a little bit of audio out there, I will. Yes, yeah, and yeah. get some pictures on the WhatsApp group. That'd be good. All right. Well, you've been listening to Streets Ahead. Our editor once more has been Claire Mansell. Let us know what you think at Pod Streets Ahead. Rate us, review us and share the podcast with anyone you think might enjoy it. Bye. 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 Bye.